Round One Crew Podcast. Uh, alongside me, as always, is my good friend and colleague, John Werner. Johnny, good to see you. Hey, Bryce. Good to see you, man. Yeah. And joining us again, a, a past guest and an old friend of ours, Joseph Forte of the Houston Chronicle. Uh, Joseph uh, covers the Houston Cougars, which we will uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, been at the Chronicle a long time. We were trying to figure that out. Feels like 25 years. Uh, is that right, Joseph? Yeah, roughly. Uh, but sooner or later, we're going to do one of these podcasts, and I'm going to be in a major conference, too. You know, so, you know I'll, instead of bringing you Conference USA or American Athletic Conference uh, news, maybe, maybe we could jump in and – and, and be colleagues uh, in the same conference one day. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get into that. Uh, and um, not that I really need an excuse, uh, but with our Houston guy in the house, I mean, I did wear, look, Astros yeah. here. <laughs> Obviously, you see the rocket stuff behind me. So, Johnny, Houston theme there. Yeah, there's my Astros cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, okay, yeah we get I'm the representing idea. for Joseph here. But um, so uh, before we do jump into some of this realignment talk, uh, John, so Baylor opened the season uh, on Saturday with a uh, 29 to 20 win over Texas State. Uh, in San Marcos, a fairly pedestrian game. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't a blowout. Uh, you and I were down there in San Marcos. Um, what did you see that you felt like was encouraging for the Bears? And then, you know, what were some of the problem areas that maybe jumped out? Well, the big thing was the running game. They had 238 yards, both uh, Abram Smith and Treston Ebner, uh, had over a hundred last year. They averaged 90. Yeah. They were one of the worst that we've ever seen. <laughs> In fact, both uh, Abram and Treston are over halfway to becoming, to passing last year's leaders for Baylor. Oh my gosh. They were like 200 yards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can't get much worse than that. That was, it was relatively incredible. Yeah, but, you know, before the game, Dave Aranda said their first priority offensively was to establish the run, and, man, they really did it. And uh, I thought the offensive line played better. I mean, you know, we'll see once they start playing some better teams. But just their commitment to the run was pretty impressive. And I thought Gary Bohannon handled everything pretty well. He was pretty accurate on his, uh, like, bootleg passes, play actions, his long passes need some work. He pretty much overthrew guys. But he showed he had a, a pretty good arm, which uh, I don't think he really showed, you know, w- when he got into games before. But, yeah, I'd say just, just the running game, the offensive line was a big plus. And as far as those uh, concerning areas? Yeah, well, I'd say the deep pass. They didn't really have any breakaway plays, explosive plays at all. And uh, I think one thing a little disappointing was the pass rush. Now, Brady McBride was, uh, he was pretty mobile. He had some escapability, but they did not put a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, they're counting on a, a Apu. It's a Ika. Ika. I always thought it was Ika, but I found out last weekend it's Ika. So uh, th- they need more from him. 
you know, to take, you know, gobble up some blockers and, you know, get some more guys in those pass rushing lanes. Uh, to me, that was the, the biggest disappointment. They just did not get much of a pass rush. I'll throw one other area of concern um, for Baylor in there, and that's the penalties. Uh, yeah. They were flagged 11 times for 99 yards. That is not good. <laughs> um, and that, I've got a story. It'll be up uh, online later today as we record this podcast, uh, be on in Thursday's Tribune Herald. But uh, just talking about the flags, you know, I think with penalties, there's always sins of aggression that you can sort of forgive that, you know, we're guys just trying to make a play and, and you know, uh, maybe you hit a guy a little too high or h- however that happens. But uh, for Baylor's perspective, there were a lot of silly, careless, you know, sometimes pre-snap uh, penalties. Um, Raleigh Tejada, the, you know, one of their best defensive players, had three flags in the game. <laughs> he had mm-hmm. uh, two defensive holding and um, and one uh, pass interference. So they got to be better from that regard, especially playing better teams as they go forward. So something to, to keep an eye on. Uh, so now that we're, we've kind of put the postmortem on that, um, this week's game should be a, a pretty much a layup, I think for, for Baylor against Texas Southern. And we did not bring Joseph on here to talk about Texas Southern, even though he's down in the Houston area. Uh, you know, Texas Southern was blown out by Prairie view 40 to 17, Again, Baylor playing at home against a SWAC team, which we found out, Johnny, that first game for Baylor ever against any SWAC opponent, that seems hard to comprehend. Well, when you think how many they've played in basketball against SWAC opponents, it is pretty hard to comprehend. It really is. So let's skip over this game this week. We don't need to break down the Texas Southern game. And let's talk about what we brought Joseph on here to talk about. (laughs) Uh, And that is that we have this news out there that the Big 12 is reportedly uh, in the midst of extending some invitations to uh, three American schools, uh, American Athletic Conference schools, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and then uh, I guess the outlier there, uh, the independent uh, BYU. Um, so, Joseph, I'm going to start with you. Does this, do you feel like, does this lock the Big 12 down in terms of maybe some long term stability now? And, and what do you feel like these new programs bring? You're obviously, you know, very familiar with the American schools. Right. Well, you know, first of all, Bryce, you know, I, I think it, it at least takes the Big 12 off the deathbed for a while uh, in terms of, you know, I, th- I think uh, a month ago when you lose your two uh, anchor programs in Texas and Oklahoma, you have to wonder, uh, is this the beginning of the end? Are you going to dissolve? Is everybody going to have to kind of run for the exits and, and every man for himself? But uh, I thought the Big 12 did what they – the only thing they could do. Uh, you know, the American has been uh, the, the best group of five conference out there for, for many years. And when you look at the teams that they have, you know, Cincinnati right now is in the top 10. Uh, Central Florida had their, their two big runs, and they bring a national championship with them uh, from that undefeated year. And then Houston with, with some of the history, plus uh, the metropolitan market, the, the eyeballs, if, if, if you will. So 
you know, for, for the American, excuse me, for the big 12 to go and, and, and do this uh, preemptively, because if, if they didn't, the American probably would have, or the American would have tried to grab a couple of the other schools. So from the standpoint of what the big 12 had to do, uh, they lived to play another day. And, and, and I think adding the schools that they add, you know, nobody's going to equal Texas and Oklahoma, but it at least, uh, I think it'll keep their autonomous um, designation. And at the end of the day, when you when you look at what the revenue will be payout wise, you know, it, it could have been a lot worse. And I think they, they managed to, uh, to douse the flames before it became a full out, you know, blaze. Yeah, John, uh, along those same lines, you and I have talked about it. I mean, the Big 12 needed to start being aggressive and and, and adding some teams, right? Yeah, yeah, I thought what happened in 2016 was pretty embarrassing. You know, they had a bunch of schools apply. Uh, I mean, Houston was one of them. And uh, for them not to add, you know, a couple schools back then, you know, with all the publicity around it and then just stick at 10, I, I thought it showed a, a very lack of aggressiveness and, and foresight. Uh, but I, I like the way they're on, they're on the offensive now. Obviously, they're kind of desperate now, but at least they're they're going after them. And uh, I think uh, we asked uh, Dave Aranda yesterday what he thought about expansion. And uh, one thing he did say was he's glad these Texas schools are sticking together. And of course, they're adding Houston now. Yeah, they'll they'll replace Texas, and. Uh, you know, just so they'll have a still have a big footprint in this state and the Big Twelve, so I, I think that's a, that's a big plus. And uh, adding those other schools that really expands your footprint. I mean, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati—that's pretty much all over the map. And uh, you know, you're going to get in those TV markets there. So I, I think it's a win all the way around. You know, you sort of Bryce, you also. Um... You, you you get that Florida market, which, yeah, I, I think five years ago, people would have said, well, that's not important. But but you get into that market, you get a, a travel partner for West Virginia, although some say West Virginia may may end up, you know, in the uh, ACC at some point. And then, then you look at BYU. How long has the Big 12 wanted BYU or tried to get them? And I think that shows where they are, that they'll go after BYU and all these obstacles – that they've had in the past, whether it's been their TV network or the playing on Sundays, they can look past some of that or they can work around it because let's face it, out of these four, BYU is going to bring you the most, uh, the most following their fan base. It's a national brand. So I really, I really think, you know, you, you have to get BYU. And I agree with the reports that BYU is probably the number one, if you had to rank them, BYU is number one on the list. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, like, you, like you guys said, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma, you're not going to replace them in terms of brand name. I mean, they, they, that's what they bring. I mean, even as Texas has basically been an underachiever these last, you know, half a decade at least and maybe longer, maybe decade, basically since Mac Brown left, uh, but they're still Texas and they still, you know, bring those eyeballs uh, I think the athletic maybe did a study where they they ranked all the highest rated uh, you know Big Twelve football games the last I don't know how many years and they were pretty much all involving Texas or Oklahoma. I mean they brought the eyeballs. So Joseph, I think you make a great point. BYU, 
to get a, a, a program of that magnitude with that kind of a fan base and following. I think that's key. Uh, John, you and I will have a, a story, I guess, later in the week, kind of introducing the new guys, you know? I mean, uh, it looks like it's definitely going to happen. There's a vote coming, I guess, from the Big 12 presidents maybe on Friday. So, you know, uh, it, it looks like it's the wheels are in motion and, uh, it, you know, it'll be exciting. Um, John, you also referenced 2016 when Houston was one of those teams that was bidding to get into the Big 12. Um, and the conference opted to, you know, to, like you said, stick at 10 schools. Um, so I've heard some rumblings from different sources that um, Baylor was against adding Houston at that time and that this time around um, they also were at least initially against adding the Cougars um, and they either acquiesced or they just were outvoted. Uh, at any rate, you know, it looks like U of H is, is on its way in. Joseph, you know, do you feel like um, that will – there will be some bad blood maybe between Houston and Baylor when, when U of H finally does join the league? There was already bad blood when that tweet of that uh, equipment truck outside of McLean <laughs> Stadium went out. So these there's going to there's gonna be re- bad blood regardless. But, uh, you know uh, – the way this thing played out and, and, you know, John goes back to the, the, the breakup of, of the Southwest conference and how messy that was. And we could sit here all day with who had who on their side in Austin and the politics and all that. stuff. the truth of the matter is Baylor got in, you know, Texas was going to get in, A&M was going to get in Texas tech. Uh, who else? I did. Am I forgetting? Uh, I think those were the schools. Uh, yeah. And, and you, you, so Houston's never forgotten that. You know, they have been bitter to the very end. And, you know, they, they feel like what it did to their program and setting them back and the, the resources and the money. But at the end of the day, the whole argument, well, how does this affect recruiting and, and what is this, uh, what kind of competitive disadvantage does this put us at? This is a big stabbing. We, we live in this. State. This is a big enough state for re- – I never buy the recruiting argument. Houston went out and got Ed Oliver a few years ago. Uh, they don't do that. I think they could do that again if, if they win. Same thing with Baylor. You look at all the other programs. Uh, it's just the, the ironic thing is, you know, Houston has wanted to get into this league for so many years. And then when they do, the one team that their, their fans are already saying, oh, we're going to get to play the Longhorns one time is out the door. So, you know, it's, it's not the same Big 12 that they're going into. Uh, that they they envision, but but it's certainly I think if you have to look at it from a, a standpoint of uh, being a, a little bit more in the high rent district, that that's what what will appease them in, in the end. But you know this bad blood, somebody always finds something to <laughs> about. You know, it it'll be the same with Texas Tech and TCU. I mean, it's just it's the way things go. Yeah, Baylor and TCU. Uh, that there's a lot of bad blood there. Yeah. T- yeah. TCU uh, was uh, pretty upset that Baylor got the nod in the Big 12 to get in initially when when they got left out and uh, that they're you know that has certainly uh, bubbled that rivalry you know mm-hmm. I mean it's uh, that that one's fun just because of all that bad blood personally obviously 
we're excited to get maybe Joseph back in the league and, and see him and uh, no you bad know, blood. Bowles but- kept blocking me. Kirk Bowles, I think, was blocking <laughs> my my reentry. Uh, you know, him and Cedric Gold, I, I blame those two. Uh, but I think I got enough votes now where, you know, as Tillman Fertitta said, this was a sham the last time. So, you know, I, I, I have my fingers crossed, but, uh, you know, we'll – I won't. I won't uh, pop the champagne until we know for sure. <laughs> uh, a little cautious. Okay. Uh, well, we're certainly sad to see uh, Kirk and Sed go, uh, but Johnny, we'll have to continue to have them on the podcast because uh, yeah. they're classic. Uh, <laughs> as far as uh, Big Twelve goes this week, uh, we have a, a top ten. Uh, matchup. Uh, it's the big game in the Big 12, but also maybe the biggest in the country. Um, for the first time in the history of that Cy-Hawk rivalry that they call um, Iowa State and Iowa, both of them are ranked in the top 10 in the, in the country. Wow. Um, college game days coming to Ames. Um, so all the hype and the hoopla that comes with that, how do you guys see this matchup if you've had a chance to kind of look at it a little bit? And and is it a game that Iowa State has to win if it's going to be in that CFP discussion at the end of the year? Well, I, I will say uh, for a team that hasn't won a whole lot over the years, Iowa State has some of the best fans you'll ever see. True that. And definitely some of the best tailgating you'll ever see. Yes, yes. That's why it was so weird last year, you know, walking up to that stadium and there's no tailgating. Yeah. But anyway, they're back in force. And uh, I, I like Iowa State in this one. I just think they're really good. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy, to me, is a top flight quarterback. Uh, Mike Rose, uh, really an outstanding linebacker. They got a lot of guys back. And uh, I, I think I would take them at home. Joseph, have you had a chance to kind of look at this you know, one? Best cream corn I ever had was in Des Moines before an <laughs> Iowa State-Texas game. So they get my thumbs up just for that. But, you know, you, to hit on it, you know, they – from a distance and not following the, the conference as much, it, it's really been impressive what what they've been able to build. And, you know, last year they get to the Big 12 championship game. And and you just to see them because, I mean, they they've sort of – They've, they've had their moments. They've had big wins. I remember when they pulled off a big win in Austin a few years ago and just to, to see them build up. But, yeah, I think you're right. For them to be in that discussion, this would be that 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 win, that signature win. You get you get some other ones later on. You'll probably face, a, you know, a top 10 Oklahoma at that point. You'll probably, if the Longhorns, something doesn't happen, you'll get a, another opportunity there. But this will just add to the resume. And I think if you have, uh, you know, maybe you would, probably have to win all three, but, but certainly if you, if you can win this one, maybe split with the other ones, you're still in that discussion. So, I mean, this, this is as big as an early season game gets for, for a program like that. Yeah, I agree with y'all. Uh, I, I do feel like, you know, losses early in the season seem to be easier to overcome than obviously later on in the year. That's when you seemingly take a, a hit in, in, you know, if you lose early, maybe you can work your way back up. Uh, that said, I say it every year, uh, the big 12, you know, in order to be in that discussion has to win these kind of non-conference games like this, you know, the, the big ones, uh, you know, you got to do more than just beat uh, 
you know, the Sisters of the Poor and and your other, you know, little non-conference games. So these type of power five and especially against a, you know, uh, a ranked team, a top 10 team, that would be a huge feather in Matt Campbell's uh, uh, hat. And uh, certainly he's done an incredible job there in Ames. And, and, you know, this might be the next step, you know, for them as a program. Uh, so Joseph mentioned cream corn, which is a great segue for us. Uh, we always try to close it by talking a a little bit about food. We are sports writers. (laughs) This is our culinary corner. So Joseph, uh, where we, John and I talked about it on the way to San Marcos last week that we're especially excited to, to bring Houston back into the big 12 mix. Uh, Houston's a great food city. Um, we personally, just from a very selfish standpoint, we're rooting for like Tulane and Memphis to join the Big <laughs> Don't argue with that. Yeah, just some pretty good food there. But um, so, you know, with Cincinnati and uh, Orlando, you know, the home of UCF, uh, which of those two cities do you prefer in terms of food? And, and is there like a, you know, a, haunt there that you that you frequent when you uh, make those trips well you know don't forget you know we're not talking food but BYU's kind of the the headquarters of Marriott so we're set with that too if you're a Marriott guy like I am you know <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that but you know Cincinnati uh has the Montgomery Inn which you call it the boathouse it's uh some of the best ribs I've ever had and mm. it's a Cincinnati style they're they just fall off the bone uh uh, I'm not a big chili guy, so I don't do the skyline chili. But uh, Montgomery Inn, there's two locations. There's the original, which is in the city, and then well, they're both in the city. This one's a little bit, you know, out in the outskirts. But the uh, the boathouse is right on the river uh, near the baseball stadium, and it's usually hard to get in, so that's a good sign. Uh, but excellent ribs, you can't go wrong. They put the bib on you and get nice. all messy. And, and with Central Florida. You know, I, I would spend six weeks there for for Major League Baseball training camp or spring training, uh, and I can tell you, stay away from the Disney corridor. You'll no good <laughs> will come out of that. You, you you'll pay overpriced for you know the Rainforest Cafe. You know, sorry Tillman, uh, stuff like that. But <laughs> that's probably going to be a sponsor of the Big Twelve at some point. You know? No doubt, bring that Tillman money yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> but. You know, I, I have some hole in the walls that I like uh, right off of, I, I think it's 192. It's uh, in Kissimmee. There's a, a barbecue place called Fat Boys, mm. which just the name alone, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those fill up your tank as much as you can. Um, you know, with baseball, there was never a fine dining opportunities, but uh, I like the, you know, they, we have Bucky's here. They have Wawa over there and Wawa sandwiches are some of the best. So you can like, walk into a little store and get a great sandwich for like five bucks. But my go-to place in Orlando was for surf and turf. And I went to a place called fish bones and they would have the best pork chop or blackened fish. Uh, and then they have this nice little drink called the Gulf of Mexico. It's about that big and they would light it on fire. So John, that one of those drinks you might like that, uh, <laughs> about that tall. And, uh, <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll you'll be feeling good for game day the next day. Joseph, I, I gotta say I'm impressed by your uh, attention to detail. 
Nice. And uh, John, uh, if you weren't taking notes, I'm glad that we are recording this. So we go back and and make a list later. Uh, But this is some good tips. This is some good information. This is the need to know stuff. Yeah. I'm going to say, you know, for a guy who's from a great food city, you know, to recommend these places like in Cincinnati and Orlando, that that speaks a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Try to try to explore when I get, when I when I'm on the road, Memphis <laughs> Memphis would have been a great one. Yeah, Memphis, yeah. You know, I'm going to be in Tulane in, in about a month, and I've already got a table set up for some gumbo, uh, so that'll be good. Uh, the American has Philadelphia. It's another good. Uh, oh. You're into cheesesteak, so and then uh, the American also has Annapolis, which you can get you some good chowder and some other stuff. So there's there's some good food opportunities in the American. I know we can't take them all, so you know. We'll bring the three to you, and you'll uh, you'll enjoy uh, all three of those destinations. Well, Joseph, are you sure you want to leave the American? <laughs> it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Well, uh, as you rejoin the Big Twelve, whatever this is, uh, we will certainly share our. Uh, not that you don't know, but you know, we'll share what we've learned food wise over the years, right, Johnny? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll do our best. Uh, you set a pretty high bar there, though, Joseph. Yeah, I did yeah. hear. I did hear that the fifty-yard line is no longer around in love. Yes, it. it's so. not. It's gone. That was sad. Yeah. We, uh, you know, it didn't for a long time. It didn't really matter that it was gone because uh, Baylor and Tech were playing football every year at AT and T at Jerry right. World. Uh, but yes, that was sad to hear that the fifty-yard line. In Kansas and Kansas State, you know, I usually stay in Kansas City. Yeah. So you can get two trips there. There's some good barbecue there as oh, well. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I uh I was on the press corps for for many years with the Longhorns. So I uh there'll be no Lincoln, no College Station or Austin, but you know you can still uh you can still get some good uh some good eats around there. Yeah. No way, no Boulder. I'm a little disappointed. No Boulder. But, True that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. we'll we'll be okay. Stillwater. I think Eskimo Joe's still around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hideaway Pizza. Hideaway, Hideaway is yeah. a great one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll be sure to email you some of those uh, some of those stops. Appreciate right? it. Uh, but thanks for hopping on with us. And uh, you know, if we don't see you soon in the Big Twelve, we'll see you at the Final Four, baby. Yeah, we can. We always have that. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Appreciate Joseph. You guys, thanks. All right.